You may be seated. <coughs> Friends, we are gathered here today to praise God and to witness to our faith as we celebrate the life of Rodney Thompson. We come together in grief, acknowledging our human loss. May God grant us grace that in pain we may find comfort, in sorrow, hope, and in death, resurrection. Let us pray. Eternal God, we praise you for the great company of all those who have finished their course of faith and now rest from their labor. We praise you for those dear to us whom we name in our hearts before you. And especially this day, we praise you for Rodney, whom you have graciously received into your presence. To all these, grant your peace. Let your perpetual light shine upon them and help us so to believe where we have not seen that your presence may lead us through our years and bring us at last with them into the joy of your home, not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide. thy heavenly friend through thorny ways leads to a joyful end. Be still my soul the hour hastening on when we shall be forever with the Lord when disappointment grief and fear are gone sorrow for God Love's purest joys restored. Be still, my soul, when change and tears are past. All safe and blessed, we shall meet at last.
Rodney Wendell Thompson was a lifelong member of Gadsden, or a resident of Gadsden, and after graduating from Gadsden High in 1965, he received his education degree from Jacksonville State University, followed by his master's and EDS degrees from the University of Alabama. I want to uh, read uh, one of Rodney's favorite passages from the eighth chapter of Romans. We know that all things work together for good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For I am convinced that neither death nor cancer nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Rodney loved God. He was a man of faith, not a boisterous, over-the-top kind of faith, Luther said, faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace, so sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. Rodney served God here at First United Methodist Church, in his family circle, and in his vocation as an educator. And of course, Rodney loved his family. He was a faithful husband to Becky, a loving father to his son Dantley with his wife Christy, and to his daughter Summer with her husband Tripp. He treasured his grandchildren, Lexi, Luke, Jade, and Asher May. He was an outstanding brother to Jimmy Thompson, whose wife is Dolores, and Lowell Thompson, whose wife is Faye. He was a good brother-in-law to Anne Delane McNabb. He was a good son to his deceased parents, Gartrell and Judy Bell Thompson, and a good son-in-law to Becky's deceased parents, Vester and Inez Bertram and Radar Radis. He loved his devoted pets, Scout, Penny, Creamer, and Allie. An event two summers ago says a great deal about his love for his family. At the family gathering at Christmas 2022, right after Rodney was diagnosed with his cancer, just before the family prayer, Rodney quoted Lou Gehrig saying, I am the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And of course, Rodney loved education. His first love was coaching basketball, if you can believe that. But God would call Rodney to devote his life as an educator, as principal of Southside High School, this is where Rodney will excel and serve God to his fullest. Rodney believed in the quote from Mark Twain, find a job you enjoy doing and you will never work a day in your life. Rodney never worked a day in his life. Rodney had, the, had God at the center of his life and because he did, God taught him a valuable principle which is found in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter and the 7th verse. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, 
but the Lord looks on the heart. Rodney believed that there was no such thing as a bad kid. He didn't judge people by how, by how they looked, but what was in their heart. He always made other students, faculty, members of the administration and support staff believe in themselves to never quit and believe that you can accomplish anything if you're willing to work hard. Work hard, play hard. That was Rodney's motto. After leaving Southside, he served as the personnel and transportation director at the central office. Following his retirement with Etowah County Board of Education, he enjoyed working with the city of Gadsden in the transportation department. And you could see him buzzing around all the city in a little bus. <laughs> Beloved by his employees, faculty, and students, his love and respect continued after his retirement. To put it quite simply, Rodney loved life. He was an avid sports fan, especially he loved Alabama football. And I'm sure that Rodney would want me to say to you, roll tide. Rodney had a, a natural, I want to quote from his family because after all, his family knows him best. As they describe Rodney, we can all see uh, and, and relate to simply how Rodney was and is to us. Rodney had a special and natural talent for generating joy, laughter, and fun in every aspect of his life. His friends and family could always count on the unexpected anytime he was around. He took great pride in all of his pranks and fun-loving jokes. One of his favorite pastimes was watching his grandchildren participate in all their activities. Holidays and family vacations were his favorite times, and he always had a unique way of creating everlasting memories. We are constantly reminded of the stories and outpouring of appreciation on the lives he impacted. Rodney has gone home now. There is no more suffering, no more pain. It is all over for him. He has temporarily left us, but he is not forgotten. As long as a member of Rodney's family lives and breathes, as long as a former student or a faculty member or administrative personnel or support staff or acquaintance lives, Rodney will live in their memories, even as he lives in ours this afternoon. So thanks be to God for all his blessings that he has bestowed upon each and every one of us who knew and shared life with Rodney. Thanks be to God for his wonderful, gracious blessings. Thanks be to God for the life of Rodney Thompson. Amen. Amen. Well, first off, thanks everybody for coming. Um, I'll try to get through this. 
I know there's so many great friends and everything through Dad that I have today because of him, and he treasured every one of you. So, and I do my friends, right? And it's just I hope I can leave the legacy. I won't, I know I won't touch it, but uh, that he left with a lot of y'all and the stories. I'll never be able to tell stories like him. I wish I could, but he was great at that. So, anyway, uh, first off. You all know Dad would be upset with every one of us here if he knew we were all sitting in here on his account. He didn't like this kind of stuff, right? So you all know that it would upset him. He may have stopped by for two seconds, but it would definitely <laughs> bother him if we had all took off work and knew stuff that we were sitting in him on his account. But you also know that Dad wanted, would want nothing but happiness for our family and for every single one of us in this room. He was a great father to my sister and I and always pushed us to make the most of every single opportunity. Um, as Brother Casey said a while ago, um, the Christmas after Dad was diagnosed, he stood like he always do before we start doing gifts and eat and everything else at Christmas. And um, he, he used that Lou Gehrig quote, you know, I am the luckiest man on the face of the earth. And I tell you what, that hit home. I, I barely could get that out. But Dad truly believed that. And he also believed that he treasured every one of his friendships with all of you as much as he did our family. You all meant the world to him, and it's amazing how God works when we need him most. Uh, last Friday, also as Brother Casey had said, that uh, last Friday before Dad passed away, I was doing my morning devotion, and we had no idea he was going to pass the next morning. And that devotion that morning read, and I'm just pulling this out of part of 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord does not look at the thing man looks at, man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And to me, that completely sums up dad, heart. He always wanted us to have a huge heart toward everything we did, and toward everyone he knew, his heart was huge, his animals included. He'll be missed by us all, but I truly believe it was dad's huge heart is what had such an impact on so many. And my prayer is simple today for everyone in this room. And I pray that everyone in this room has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mine has grown a lot over the past year, and it's because of him. Secondly, I pray that my life be filled with the same level of everlasting friendships and love that Dad got to experience. And thank you, every single one of you, for being here today. I appreciate it. So, my brother and I did not share what we wrote for my dad together, so we have reiterated a lot, but that's okay. Um, and, all right, well, I'll just go. Um, I'm supposed to keep to a time limit, says my very organized brother. For those that know me, that's not really my style. So, before I read y'all the poem that my, dad had, um, that my dad loved, I just wanted to say a few words. After my dad was diagnosed last year, we thought the worst and it was. But I had a friend that had gone through this same journey with her brother, and she gave me some advice. She told me to make the most of the time we have, to use this time to our advantage and to his too. So that's what we did as a family. We went on vacations, we spent time together, we grew closer, we talked, and we loved. I shared and thanked my dad for things that I didn't even know I needed to thank him for. Like being my principal in high school, which was not the coolest thing at the time. 
And I thank Tim for making my curfew earlier than most kids because nothing good happens after midnight. <laughs> I thank Tim for teaching me that shooting whiskey will make you chase cars. <laughs> and that to play hard, you had to work hard. I thank Tim for telling me that a job isn't a job if you didn't love it. And if you love it, you, weren't, you won't work a day in your life. And most importantly, I thank Tim for telling me how very proud he was of me often. He told me and all of us how proud he was of us, very often. Now, my dad was stubborn, as they come, especially when it came to eating dinner at the beach, usually around five. <laughs> just ask my brother. He knows because he was just as stubborn about not eating at the beach <laughs> at five. And my pops wasn't always the easiest to get along with as a daughter either. He was tough. He was real tough on us, me and my brother both. Heck, he was even tough on the lucky people that got to join our family circle, whether it was blood relatives or our best friends. And you know who you are because you have all gotten some type of life lesson from him at some point. Right, Lexi? <laughs> Uh, it took me about 25 years to realize that this tough was just love. So, so much love. It was that, it was, it was, sorry, it was what he did. Because he didn't care if you were a blood or if you were a student or you were a friend of ours or you were just his friend. He wanted us all to be our best and do what we needed to do to be at our greatest potential. Um, which reminded me of a quote that he gave me in 2009 that sits beside my bed. And it simply reads, Daughter, I want you to fly higher than I, for I gave you more courage and better designed wings. See, my dad, he loved big, but not publicly. He didn't do funerals or death. He actually hated all of this. He would die if he was here right now, because <laughs> the last thing he wanted was any of this. He thought it was silly for people to hang out and socialize and laugh and be happy when someone transitioned because it was sad, but he also didn't want us to mourn and be sad and cry and make a big to-do over his passing. If I remember correctly, I don't even think he went to his own retirement party. <laughs> Is that correct? Um, he just didn't like goodbyes. And so, Dad, we aren't saying goodbye to you. Just see you again soon. We will be there, I promise you that. Because you did give us courage and some pretty awesome wings. So see you on the other side and know we will all keep making you proud of us until we get there. We love you more and for forever. So now I'll read my poem that was allotted in my time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one minute. My dad uh, read this poem to us. I, it might have been the same Christmas that, or maybe the one after. Anyway, right after he was di diagnosed with glioblastoma. So that was in November, Thanksgiving, and then this was at Christmas. Um, and he, he loved books and coach, uh, coaches books, but this was one of his favorite. Um, so this is a poem by Swin, Swin Nader, inspired by Coach Wooten. It's called Yonder. Um, and he kind of just gathers us all around and, and read it to us, which was pretty tough at the time. But um, once I was afraid of dying, terrified of ever lying. Whoa, 
What did I, what just happened? Once I was afraid of dying, terrified of ever lying, petrified of leaving family, home, and friends. Thoughts of absence from my dear ones drew a melancholy tear once and a lovely dreadful fear of when life ends. But those long days are behind me. Fear of loving does not bind me and departure does not host a single care. Peace does comfort as I ponder a reunion in the yonder with my dearest who are waiting over there. So thank y'all all for being here. He was a great, great man. My name is Janice Hadley, and I had the privilege of teaching at Southside High School when Rodney Thompson was principal. And when he came as principal in August of 1984, the first thing he did was have panther paws painted on everything that did not move. And he was big on uh, school spirit, and that's not just with the students, it was with the faculty too. And I want to share with you one of my favorite memories of Rodney Thompson. We, I don't know what year it was, but we were scheduled to play Gadsden High School in football. And Mr. Thompson ordered t-shirts for all the faculty. On the back of the t-shirt it said, Beat Gadsden. And we were to wear those that week of the game. And so we were in the, the pep, we were having the pep rally that Friday in the old gym, in the old high school, the gym that we called the box. And the cheerleaders were cheering, the band was playing, the students were in the bleachers, and, and they were all hyped up. And... All of a sudden, we could hear this noise in the distance, a rumbling noise, and it was getting closer and closer and closer. And all of a sudden, the doors from the gym into that long hallway at the old Southside High School opened up, <clears throat> and here was Rodney Thompson riding on a three-wheeler. And he came into the gym, and got out on the gym floor, and he had a, a stuffed tiger, a big stuffed animal tiger with a rope around its neck tied to that three-wheeler. And he was doing donuts and, and figure eights, and he was slinging that tiger around, and the kids were just getting hyped up. And then he's kind of slowed it down, and he reached down and pulled out a whip. And he started whipping that tiger. <laughs> and so that night, we went to Murphy Stadium expecting to experience the thrill of victory. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we experienced the agony of defeat. It was a crushing agony of defeat. <laughs> but I will say, we tried to forget that football game, but I don't think that that pet rally can ever be topped. But that was Rodney Thompson. <laughs>
And I wanted to share one other little story with you. He, he didn't like to have tense situations. He wanted to get it settled. Well, we had two ladies who worked out front in the front office, very good friends, but sometimes they would have a disagreement. And Mr. Thompson could sense there was a little tension out there, and he would invite those ladies to come into his office. And he would say, ladies, let's join hands, and let's play, and let's, and we're going to play Let's Be Thankful. And he would say, I'm going to go first. And he would mention something he was thankful for. And they would go around the circle, each saying, I'm thankful for this, I'm thankful for that, until those ladies would start laughing and hugging each other. And I got to thinking about that. And, you know, I had heard that Rodney was sleeping a lot here lately. And I thought, maybe he wasn't sleeping all those times. He might have just had his eyes closed, and he was playing Let's Be Thankful. And I would say, if I were playing Let's Be Thankful with Rodney Thompson right now, I would say, I'm going to go first. And I would say, I am thankful that I was one of four retired faculty ladies who came to visit Becky and Rodney on December 22nd, the day before his birthday. And we had a good visit. He sat on the sofa, and we sang happy birthday to him. We, we tried to sing some Christmas songs. I did look over, and he was laughing at us. Uh, <laughs> but we told some stories, and he laughed, and he talked to us. And then after about 20 minutes, we saw he was kind of having a little struggle. And we, we told him that we were going to have to leave. And he told us he loved us. We told him we loved him. And I just have sweet memories of that visit with him. So rest in peace, my dear friend. Rest in peace. My name is Jean Morgan, and I was blessed to work for Mr. Thompson. He was the funniest man I had ever worked for as a principal because most of my principals weren't funny. <laughs> Mr. Thompson was very kind to me, but I was a drama teacher besides an English teacher and many times we couldn't go into the auditorium because the basketball players were in there. So we had drama in my classroom. Poor Miss McDonald next door. Anyway, there we were, moving chairs, trying to set up a stage in the classroom. And I had this student, I think I'll call him Jethro. And Jethro was about 300 pounds, played football, and he was really into drama, but he told the kids he could move three chairs to their one, and he did. And they bragged on him, and they, he, he liked being bragged on. 
So he kind of got carried away with it and said, I can pick up Miss Morgan. And he did. <laughs> he threw me over his shoulder. And I was like Granny Clampett saying, put me down, put me down. Well, by the time he put me down, I was a very angry teacher. And I said, to the office and Mr. Thompson. So away we went. And of course, we met Mr. Thompson in the hall because he wasn't the kind of principal who sat in the office. He got out and knew what was going on in his school. He said, what's going on, Miss Morgan? I said, this student, Jethro, picked me up and threw me over his shoulder. Sit down on the bench, Jethro. And we went into the office and he said, this is a very serious offense. What do you want to do? Do you think three days suspension would be good enough? Yes, I like that. <laughs> so he said, okay, so send Jethro in. Jethro came in, little old head down, big old body, and Mr. Thompson said, you know, Jethro, you don't touch a teacher and you crossed that line, you threw her over your shoulder. Yes, sir. Jethro, you're going to be suspended for three days. And he lifted his head up, and I honestly saw a tear coming out of his cheek because Jethro played football, and Jethro wouldn't be at the game. He said, you go out there and think about this, and then Miss Morgan will come out and you can go back to class with her, but you're suspended. Well, I started waffling. <laughs> poor, old, poor old Jethro, you know, he wasn't a bad kid. And I said, he's not so bad. And he said, now, Miss Morgan, when you came in here, you were pretty mad. And I think we need to do what we need to do to Mr. Jethro and take care of this situation. And I said, I don't really want him to be suspended. Are you sure? I said, yes, I forgive him. He said, send Bub up. <clears throat> send Jethro back in. <laughs> so Jethro came back in and he said, you're a lucky person because your teacher doesn't want you to be suspended so you're going to get to stay in school well Jethro was thrilled and as I left that class uh, that office I was thinking how smart he was because he gave this old English teacher a little more compassion in her heart that she needed to teach these kids and Jethro really turned out to be one of my best students but Mr. Thompson loved Southside High School, and Southside High School loved Mr. Thompson. My name's Jimmy Owens. And I was called Coach Owens, Coach Owen, and a lot of other things when I was there with Mr. Thompson.
And I have a few stories to tell and just a comment or two that were so funny. I have a lot more to tell, but you'd have to change names to protect the guilty, and I don't think that I would do that. But there was this one lady. She wasn't a bad person, but she was one of those you just did not want to see coming. You didn't want to have to talk with her. And Mr. Thompson was just... I'll be honest with you, if he saw her before she saw him, he would hide in the broom closet. <laughs> he, she was that way. Well, one summer I was on extended contract and nobody's at the school except usually the secretary and Mr. Thompson. Well, I was there and I was going in the office and the phone rang. And usually in that situation, if the secretary wasn't there, you usually just went over there and answered it. So I said, hello, Southside High School. And I heard this voice. It said, is she still there? <laughs> and I recognized, and I know that voice. And I said, what? And he said, is she still there? And then I knew it was Mr. Thompson. And I said, who is still there? He said, Mrs. We'll just use Mrs. X. And I said, well, I don't know. What do you think I should do? He says, well, go out there and check. <laughs> now, just as I said that, and I have the receiver to my ear, I look towards his office, which is 12 feet from the phone. The door's open. Mr. Thompson's in there on the, has the phone in his ear looking directly at me. <laughs> so I said, I'll go out and I'll look. And I went around and checked a little bit and all. And I don't know why, since we already made contact, we were that close, I went back in the office and I just picked the receiver back up. <laughs> and I looked at Mr. Thompson and he still had the receiver at his ear. And I said, Mr. Thompson, she's gone. And then we just both broke down and laughed. <laughs> I mean, and another story that I thought would be funny, this is when he left and he came in charge of the buses. And Mr. Thompson would come by from time to time and we were always grateful to see him and, and go up and speak to him. And he had just gotten this job and he came by and I said, well, Mr. Thompson, how do you like that new job being over the school buses? He said, I gotta tell you something. And he knew right then he was fixing to be very facetious. He said a man came in the other day wanting to sell me some new school buses, and I asked him what colors did they come in. <laughs> you know, I, I have a few things I really want to say, and usually, if you know me, I just usually go ahead and say them. But I want all the fun and and all that Mr. Thompson was, and he was. There's no greater person to work for than Rodney Thompson. But I want people to know that when Rodney Thompson came to Southside, he was the right person at the right time with the right attitude to be our principal. He came with the attitude that he wanted the school to be the best it could possibly be. And he didn't want us to ask why, well just, why not? Let's do it. He treated the faculty with dignity and respect. 
He didn't go around telling us how to do everything. He was just there to have your back, to help you do the best you could so the kids could have the best experience that they could have. I also coached there. And Mr. Thompson, I'm convinced the first day he was determined that the coaches would have everything they needed to have a first-class program. I think at one time when he was coaching, he was in a situation where it wasn't quite that way. But I know that he was determined, and he was so good to us. Now, this doesn't mean we always agreed on everything. But Mr. Thompson made his decisions what he thought was best for that school. And every time I left that office, I had the utmost respect for him. You know, the, the students, the faculty at that time, the community owes Mr. Thompson a great debt of gratitude. For he took Southside High School and let it be the best it could be. And for those like me who were there before, during, and after, we have the most utmost respect for Mr. Thompson for what the school accomplished while he was our principal. And now that we're all going to go and tell some tales and embellish and again change the names to protect the guilty, the thing will happen is when Mr. Thompson's name comes up, the first thing, there'll be a smile on your face. And then the stories will go. And all I can say to Mr. Thompson is, thanks for the memories. I am Peggy Casey. And I taught family and consumer science with Mr. Thompson for 12 and a half years. And just like Coach O said, it was the best years of my teaching, the years that I taught with Mr. Rodney Thompson. And he was always Mr. Thompson. I never called him Rodney. I may have called him later, but not, he was always Mr. Thompson. I have many stories that I can share. But we're, I'm going to share a few, and then this afternoon at the back 40, you're going to have some stories to share. He was always positive, and he always had our backs. I had a situation that happened in my classroom between two students. I was in, we had crafts, and we had groups together. And I had this two students, and one of them smarted off to the other one, and the other one turned around and slapped him. Well, this kid went ballistic, and I thought, oh, gosh, he's going to kill this other one before I can do anything. So I got one of my students to get the other one in the living room, and I got the one that was so mad out in the hall so Mr. Thompson could get there. When he got there, this boy was just ballistic, just saying all kind of things. And so Mr. Thompson took that student, and walked him on that football field for two to three hours that afternoon to calm him down before he brought him in for his punishment. They both were punished, but he had such a compassion. He could have brought that student in as mad as he was and took it, taken care of it then, but he didn't. He was so wise and able to have that compassion 
and to know what was best for each student. Mr. Thompson, you could be walking down the hall, and like they said, he was always in and out. He wasn't in his office. He, was, he may walk into your classroom at any time, which was great. But if you were walking down the hall, he'd say, Miss Casey, you have the best job in the world. And I did. I just didn't realize it. And then he'd say, Miss Casey, we are here to serve these students. If it wasn't for these students, you wouldn't have a job. <laughs> this week, I heard the saying, and it said that we die twice. First, we die a physical death. And second, we die when our stories are dead. As long as we have our stories of Mr. Thompson and the students, they will always be right here and we'll be able to share them. And I am so thankful for that, and I am so thankful for that opportunity that I had with him and his whole family, and we love him. Thank you. What will I do when you're gone? Who's gonna tell me the truth? Who's gonna finish the stories I start the way you always do? When somebody knocks at the door, someone smile and shake their hands but you can't make old friends can't make old, old friends can't make old, old friends it was me and you since way back when but you can't When I'm out 
we all know the show must go on, but you can't make old friends. No. The family would like to express their gratitude for your presence here today and your care and love during Rodney's illness. You're invited to continue the celebration of his life at Back 40 Beer Company starting at 4.30. And now if you would stand for the benediction and remain standing through the Southside Fight Zone. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Go in peace. Amen.